DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Said you got a free agent signing over there, PK? The Jazz have made a move to sign Kevin Durano. Uh, it is a Denwell house. Remember him from Houston? They're going to sign him to a 10-day deal. Got a roster spot after the Mione move. And they're going to have some guys out. So Joe is out for tonight's game against Denver. 8 o'clock tip time, 7 o'clock the pregame. Six foot seven, 220 pounds. Texas A&M, undrafted. He'd go to the University of Houston and then transferred over to A&M. Uh, been bouncing around. Was with Washington, was with a two-way contract with Phoenix, back down in the G League and then the Rockets. Uh, called him up in uh, 2018. So he has played, uh, uh, look like uh, 178 games so far, if this is updated. Uh, and that one year, 2019-2020, average 10.5 points a game, 4.2 boards. Okay shooter from three. 36% that year. Career-wise, uh, 42% from the field, 36% from three. But he's got a nice size, so we'll see. Ten a little bit of size, a little bit of three-point shooting. Yeah. And then do you fit in the right system and somebody believes in you? We've heard that from so many athletes so many times. you got to find the right spot, the right timing with the numbers game. Well, does he even get out on the floor? It remains to be seen, so... DJ and PK, it's time to bring in Andrew Reinhardt, Wasatch Medical Clinic. And guys, if you're struggling with ED, Andrew's got some clinical studies to tell you all about. We certainly do. In fact, this technology is, uh, you know, 50 clinical studies now, probably 55, showing that acoustic wave therapy opens up and regrows blood vessels. Uh, The technology uses gentle pressure waves over a few 10-minute sessions. It's a game-changer. If you're out there frustrated in the bedroom, if you're sick of the pill, noticing a lack of blood flow, well, we correct a lot of that here at Wasatch Medical. And at the end of the day, we'd like to think that the relationships are what uh, improve. So what are the causes? Guys are probably wondering, why is this happening to me? Well, yes, that is a common concern. Uh, Diabetes, prostate issues, we kind of see that. Aging. But I'll say this, we treat men in their 20s, 30s, and 40s almost every day here in the clinic. So if you're out there struggling, you're more normal than you think. Generally, it's the blood vessels are a little bit damaged. The blood flow is a little bit restricted. That is exactly what our technology corrects. And you got a special offer for people who call right now because our listeners like deals, and you got a deal. We certainly do. If you're ready to put a stop to your ED, guys, regain the love life, or just improve frequency, we do a lot of that, uh, call us now, exam assessment and blood flow ultrasound with the MD, no charge, the gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. You'll love that. And this is pretty cool. If you feel like you have a need, blood work and testosterone, that's free today as well. You can call Wasatch Medical right now and claim that free offer at 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Call Wasatch Medical Clinic right now, 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you.
All right, DJ and PK, we're supposed to be checking in with uh, Riley Jensen here. Yach will try to track him down. We're going to talk a little college football with him. Look ahead to next season. If you missed the news, the Utes to the transfer portal to get a linebacker from Florida, Muhammad Diabate. 6'3", 227, 89 tackles for the Gators. Second leading tackler. Started games all three years, not every game all three years, but he had 16 starts over the last two seasons. <clears throat> you want to buy all this hype, PK? More to bet on than the high school kid coming in. Oh, I don't know about that. You don't think so? They got Barton coming in. He's a bigger slam dunk? <laughs> Again, I don't know about that. But I wouldn't say that this kid is going to be better. It's because he's played a couple years in Florida. Well, it's time to... Bring, let's bring in uh, Riley Jensen now, our college football insider. Riley, good morning. Hey, what's happening, guys? Well, transfer portal news. Which linebacker should you fans be excited about? The high school mega superstar? Yep. The guy we don't know about who Kyle and his staff are developing who will turn into the, an NFL guy? Or somebody who's transferring in from Florida who had 89 tackles and was second on the team? Does it, does it have to be? Does it have to be one or the other? Can you not be excited about all of them? Uh, right, you got to play by his rules. Haven't you learned that by now? <laughs> I mean, I just I'm I'm looking at it going, man. This is a position where they have two really mega stars. I mean, at middle linebacker, and they always produce good defensive play. And they need depth, and they need players. And when when you bring in linebackers, it's not like you're, it's not like a quarterback where only one guy can play. I'll bet you that all three of these guys contribute in one way or another. And so I, I think if you're University of Utah, you're just you're just excited in general about portals, about great high school linebackers, about anybody that's in the program right now because they're you know they're going to be developed and you know they're going to play good football. And yet, how surprised were you that the Utes had a quarterback throw for over, over 500 yards against them in a Rose Bowl? Well, that, that, was, that was difficult for me because I, I, and I tweeted out, and I was totally wrong, but I, I tweeted out that they were, were going to win this game because they were winning the line of scrimmage. This was like in the second quarter. And I've just always seen, you know, Coach Sharif Shah, Coach Morgan Scally, these guys be able to figure out some sort of an answer to what was going on. And look, they were way shorthanded at DB, and I think it was just too much. It was it was too hard for them to be able to overcome. Now, you can make excuses for Ohio State. You can make excuses for Utah. That was a really fun football game to watch. Other than I got a little bit of flashbacks to my dating life like 12 years ago. I mean, that's kind of what I felt like that game was like. You know, you feel like you're doing great. You feel like you're winning. You feel like you have a chance. And then, boom, right at the last second, like, you're, you're not going to win. Oh, yeah, I so, thought like, it, man. You were getting to the end zone a bunch. I did, too. I thought, you know, I thought I was going to take it all the way across the goal line. But, you know, you know. I don't know what you're talking about, but metaphorically <laughs> speaking is what I was talking about. Me too. <laughs> sure. That was a very sure. predictable answer out of PK. You walked him into that. Sure, PK. I know. But, you know, uh, that game, I it, I know that there's been games like that for, for other college football teams in the last five years. But, man, 
that if you're a Utah fan, you had to have been feeling a myriad of emotions from, oh my gosh, we're going to dominate to this team, to, uh-oh, what happened, to, oh no, Cam Rising just got knocked out, to, oh, okay, this guy comes in, throws one of his first passes for a touchdown, to, oh man, we just didn't have enough to stop, you know, that, that passing game. But, man, you just got to give a lot of credit. The, the way the season started to the way the season finished for the University of Utah, it's like, the first of the year, you, you can barely even remember the, the losses to San Diego State and the difficult start that they had. So BYU and Utah are combined 14-1 and against the Pac-12. And they were 500 in their other games, and that includes beating a couple of big sky schools, one apiece. So how much do you think that the local schools have really got something going, are on top of the world, are really ready to build on this and look out, and how much is, well, the Pac-12 had a bunch of teams with quarterback issues, a bunch of teams with interim coaches, and it was a down year, and they did what good teams should do. They, they beat teams having a down year, but don't get too worked up about it. Well, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't think any of us have really known what to expect out of Pac-12. But it seems like every year we're going, oh, well, it was a down year for the Pac-12. Now I'm just kind of going, well, is this just what the Pac-12 is? Now that's not to say that that you know BYU is going to go undefeated every year against the Pac-12, and and same with the Utes going, you know, what was it, six and one or something like that against the Pac-12. But I just wonder if maybe we put the Pac-12 on a pedestal. It's just a little higher than what it is. Maybe it's just a notch down from what we thought it was, and that, and that there's going to be opportunities for you know good G5 teams, you know teams like BYU and and, and other teams to be able to compete against Pac-12 teams uh, going forward in the future. I, I mean, I just don't I don't see it changing. I mean, you know, they used to call it the wacky whack. I think it's the wacky Pac-12. It's just crazy. Every single year, I have no idea what to expect. You have Oregon beating Ohio State at the beginning of the year, and then they lose to Stanford midway through the year, and then they get blown out by Utah twice at the end of the year. I mean, it's just it's. I have no idea how to get any consistency or to get a beat on any of these teams. Now, the one thing that I will say, and this is just this is just me thinking outside the box. I do feel like the NIL has a chance, and like I said, it has a chance to help teams like UCLA and USC to build up their programs because there's a lot of money down there. There's a lot of companies that are down there. And I actually feel like the Pac-12 could like maybe balance out the rest of the country if NIL really takes over. I mean, what if United Airlines comes in and gives a kid a $250,000 a year stipend, you know, to represent their airline there at USC? I mean, it's a possibility, right? And all of a sudden, you're getting guys from, you know, that are flipping from Florida State to, to Jacksonville State. There has to be something going on as far as the NIL. It can't just be because you love Deion Sanders, right? So I'm just feeling like there could be an evening up in the Pac-12, especially with all the money that is in Los Angeles. And and I don't think it hurts the University of Utah because that's not what they built their program on. But I think that it could help USC and UCLA to maybe start picking off some of these top talents or maybe just some of these top talents that, are, that, that were right there in L.A. that were going all over the country to, to play football. Okay, but then how does that affect somebody like Utah? They can 
can they cash in on it? Because that's the next level that they need to go is, all right, it's been cool to develop these guys, but how about you getting some big-time studs like a Thibodeau who are destined from the NFL probably since the sophomore high school? Well, I think, I think there's two ways to survive in, in today's environment. It's, it, one is NIL and two is winning, and right now Utah's winning. I mean, they're, every, everywhere you turn and everywhere you look, to me, it just keeps getting better and better and better. I mean, look, I have a whole bunch of I have a whole bunch of friends from the University of Utah football team from my era. So you're talking like '97 to like 2000, and some of those guys have turned frankly to me and they're like, "Dude, I don't." And these guys are starters. These guys are contributors to the University of Utah teams back then. And we're not talking about terrible football teams. We're talking about teams that went to bowl games and competed hard and. And 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 even won Mountain West Conference championships, or I can't remember if they were, no, they weren't whack back then, but Mountain West Conference championships, and they're looking at me and they're like, dude, I don't even know if I make this team, and I, and they're positive they don't make the two deep. And so when you look at the University of Utah football team, and when you look at those guys get off the bus, I mean, this is a different level of athletes. It's no different than me at Utah State. When I look at the level of athletes that are at Utah State. It's completely different than when I was there. It's completely different. And and BYU, I think you could make the same argument as far as athleticism. Now, you can always make arguments for like whether the teams were better, whether they came to better together better, or, or how those things happened. But there is no question right now across the state of Utah, and you can take this down to even like Weber State and Snow College and some of these teams that are that are winning a ton of football games as well. It is a different type of athlete that is stepping off of those buses to play in games than it's ever been in the state of Utah. And it's really fun to watch. And it's exciting to follow. And these guys are freaking studs. They're, they're freak athletes. And we're just going to see more and more and more players right now, especially in this, in this little window where Utah State, BYU, and Utah can really take advantage of the seasons that they've had. Where, where you're going to see guys coming out of those programs and playing in the NFL and playing in the NFL for a long time. So that talent difference you talk of, well, that's the difference between Ohio State beating Utah 64-6 to or whatever it was back in the 80s and now playing a 48-45 game. But there's still a lot of heavy lifting to be done when you see that the Utes had 17 four-star, four- or five-star athletes and Ohio State had 65. I mean, look, it's, 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 it's never as bad as it seems. It's never as good as it gets. Like, there's always going to be something that you can improve. But I think, I mean, I think that whole deal, and I saw that statistic. I don't know if it was tweeted out or whatever, but um, that, that's a real compliment to the coaching, the coaching staff at the University of Utah. These guys are developing people. They're not even close to the amount of players that are going to Ohio State, but they're still winning, and they're still going to Rose Bowls. And, for all intents and purposes, those guys, they had Ohio State on the ropes. And, and, and I, you know, as I was thinking about it this weekend, I mean, we've got to give a lot of credit to Andy Ludwig, too. I mean, look at the since he's been back in the program, and then even if you go back to when he was in the program before, I mean, all he does is produce his quarterbacks. All he does is produce offense. All he does is produce – I mean, I know I joke around about this, but we ran him out of town after the Sugar Bowl, and he averaged like 447 yards offense and like 37 points a game. And people were like, "Yeah, we just, you know, we got we got to find a new offensive guy, you know." And now he's back, 
and he's developing quarterbacks like Huntley. He's now found and gotten to Cam Rising and really taken advantage of his talents and the way that he can play. I mean, they're doing some really, really cool things offensively. For whatever reason, there was injuries, and they got kind of snake bit a little bit defensively. But I think I don't think there's any alarms going off as far as like the defense goes. And I, you know, I just see this team playing really, really well going into the future. It's a it's a fun team to watch. I can tell you this: I look forward as you know, not a Utah fan, but I look forward to to watching a University of Utah football team this year more than I've ever liked watching them. And that's not to take away from some of the teams in the past that have been really good. But as an offensive guy, as somebody who likes to see the ball moved and, 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 a, and a guy who likes to see good defense as well, the, these University of Utah teams are fun to watch. And I'm, I'm definitely, uh, for next year, I'm, I'm tuning in when Cam Rising is playing football. That's a fun quarterback to watch. What you make of that uh, Wyoming kid transferring the quarterback, transferring to Utah State? Seems like their roster is a little stacked there. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, uh, Peasley went into the portal, then they pick up Wyoming kid. I mean, I my, my brothers were telling me about this, and I didn't see it. I, I don't know if it was on TikTok or if it was on Twitter, but apparently, apparently this quarterback has a girlfriend that's playing volleyball at Utah State, right? And then they were showing somebody else that transferred to Pitt. Oh, it was uh, it was the quarterback Slovis. from USC. Slovis. Yeah, Clovis transfers to to USC because his girlfriend's at Pitt, and I, you know, you start looking at this, and you're like, oh, free agency is bringing people together. <laughs> they they weaken knees, Riley. <laughs> they, they, you no, know, this is bringing people together, PK. They can they can have it all. They don't just have to have Division One scholarships. They can have their girlfriend and Division One scholarships. It's great. So the, <laughs> the interesting part about that transfer to me, though, is, I mean. Bonner's still back. You're going from like starting at Wyoming to like you, you're going to watch for a year. That's interesting to me. I, that's an interesting mindset. That's an interesting thought. Of course, of course, Utah State is going to take as many quarterbacks as it can in that room because they know quarterbacks transfer. So if they can get one in that they think is worthwhile, yeah, of course you're going to take him. Right. Yeah, of course you're going to take him. Where so, is uh, I don't know this. Where does Cooper Lagoff fit into all this? Well, I, I, I think he fits in. I mean, I think that's the other reason that it's a little bit of a head-scratcher with this, with this quarterback coming in. I mean, as a coach, look, you're always going to say, like, hey, we want that room to compete. We want Cooper Legata to compete for his job. We want this. We want that, right? And may the best man win. And, and then when, when those guys go and compete, whoever comes out as the, as the winner of that starting position, then, then you're happy with it. Um, it can't feel good, though, to play as good as you did as Cooper Lega, and then your, your coaches are bringing in somebody else. I mean, it's just like, okay, wait, where, where do I stand here? What, what, what's my role? I thought I, thought I kind of shored this up, you know? And so there'll be interesting conversations, but I think, you know, there's been some articles that I've been reading, too, like backup quarterbacks <laughs> – that that's going to be a really really hard thing in college football now, uh, because you're you're never safe, you're never safe with the portal. Like it used to be that if you were, you know, Robbie Bosco behind Steve Young or Steve Young behind Jim McMahon, you wait a couple years, you keep developing, you're going to be a really good quarterback, and you're going to go down in the annals of history at your school as a as a really great quarterback. 
Well, I don't know that that situation exists anymore. You could be a really, really good backup for a really, really good quarterback. You're doing everything that you're supposed to do. You're developing the way you're supposed to do. But then some guy from Central Florida who threw for 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns next year gets falls in love with your program and reaches out to your coaches and says, I want to transfer there. And then all of a sudden you're the backup for four years or you're in the portal the next thing you know. I mean, look, it's it, it's going to be tough for quarterbacks. You you look at somebody like Jackson Dart by by all by all accounts, he played great football this year and had some amazing games this year for USC in a meaningless year for USC. Like the, he was out there competing and playing and making great plays for a team that wasn't really competing or making great plays anywhere around him. In fact, that last game of the year that he played against Cal, where he got knocked out, I felt bad for him because. It's a meaningless game that they're making up, and half of the players aren't playing. There was, there was like three of his receivers that were like, well, I can't play more than four games or else I lose my red shirt, so I'm sitting out. There was guys that have already you know, said they're going into the draft. Well, now he's played a great year, and Caleb Williams is now in the portal, and he's taking a week off with his family to figure out where he's going to go to school. Well, well, guess what? The head coach at USC just had him last year at Oklahoma, and they threw for a bajillion yards and played awesome. So what are you going to do if you're Jackson Dart and Caleb Williams transfers in? Do you think that's a fair fight? Do you think, do you think that that's a, a place where you can like go, well, geez, man, I gave everything I could. I feel like I've won the locker room over. I feel like I've won my teammates over, but this new coach, if he brings in Caleb Williams, I mean, even if I did win the job, isn't it a short leash? Yeah. You know, so I, it's a tough. It's it's going to be a it's going to be a tougher position to play than it's ever been, because it's free agency without contracts. <laughs> you know, I mean, guy can transfer almost every year without any penalty. Yep. And so all of a sudden it's like, how the freak do I develop into the quarterback I want to be? Really, what we're going to see is just the only guys that play quarterback in college are the guys that are freaks coming out of high school that are already six four, two hundred and forty and are already completely developed. There's not going to be a lot of room for, you know, a Baylor-Romney that develops into a really good quarterback at BYU. So it's, it's, it's interesting. This whole this NIL, I think, is going to keep rocking our worlds for probably three to five years before we really get a grip on, like, what that whole picture looks like. Riley, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you guys. Riley Jensen, our college football insider, joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Andrew Reinhardt here from Wasatch Medical this morning. And, Andrew, you got a breakthrough treatment. No pills, no injections, no side effects. That's right. If you're out there struggling, guys, in the bedroom, a little bit frustrated, maybe the frequency isn't what it used to be, uh, maybe you've got ED and you don't know what to do, we have helped so many guys at Wasatch Medical. Uh, technology is changing pretty much all aspects of our life. It's finally changing how we treat ED. The technology is called wave therapy. Uh, We use the two most advanced versions at Wasatch Medical. The pressure waves that it puts out open up and regrow the blood vessels. It's backed by 50 clinical studies saying this is the new standard of care for ED, and it can improve circulation enough you can get off of the pill uh, who doesn't want more blood flow in the bedroom, by the way? And you're seeing guys of all ages? We are. Uh, we treat men from age 20 to age 90. 
I'd like to think we have seen every single health condition that comes through this door. It's so targeted and proven, it can work for just about any age or category. Our listeners want deals, and you've got a deal. We do. If you're ready to put a stop to your ED, or if you just have questions, call us now. You'll meet with our MD, free uh, exam assessment and blood flow ultrasound. Zero obligation to this, by the way. You get the gift, this is worth the trip, produces immediate results to intimacy. And this is pretty cool and valuable. Blood work and testosterone. If you feel like you have a need, that's free today as well. The number to call, 801-901-8000. That's 801-901-8000. Call Andrew at Wasatch Medical Clinic right now. You can claim that special offer, 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. DJ PK in the morning is proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Question of the morning. Are you cool with trading Joe Ingles in an attempt to improve defensively? Jazz fans pretty much split on this. The reaction we've gotten. A lot of people, I love Joe. No chance. Don't do it. Uh, we've also got people who are like, well, there's been a lot of first and second round outs here. We know how far this team can go. And you got to make a move. Now, we had Joe on. Well, we have Joe on all the time. But when he was on last week, he talked about the fact that he's the player with the expiring contract, and he knows that makes him the most likely guy and that his name's going to come up a lot because of the business side of the game. Lou Dort is a guy who's been mentioned, and PK, I get why Jazz fans would mention Lou Dort. I'm, I'm not clear on why Oklahoma City would want to part ways with Lou Dort unless they were willing to do it to get someone to take a bad a bad contract off their hands. But other than that, I, I don't see the motivation for them. Okay, fine. So cross them off the list. Cross them off, find somebody else. <laughs> You're not married to Lou Dort. <laughs> I'm not. Basketball, emotionally speaking. No, I got you. Do you believe in that there's something to be said for the camaraderie and the guys get along and love playing with each other, and so that can make up for more than any talent deficiency that it would appear to have? Well, that definitely counts for something in the game and in the sport. I mean, I I definitely believe that can make a team better. But I think that's been making this team better for a while, so we know how much they're going to get out of that. And I think we've seen how much, how good the Warriors and the Suns are, and we've seen what the Jazz deficiencies are. And I don't think that all that camaraderie and all that is going to make up for the deficiencies we've seen. Really? I also don't know that whoever they bring in is going to wreck the camaraderie. I mean, they might fit in great, they might fit in awful, they might fit in okay. That but he won't remains be Joe. to be he seen. won't be Joe. No, clearly not. He and Rudy are the longest tenured guys. Yep. They've been with Quinn Snyder, the only two guys that have been there every day. The whole deal. Everybody else is new to one degree or another. Is there something to be said for that? I don't think that the new guy is necessarily going to wreck it, but he's not going to replace it either. Agreed. It doesn't have to be Mark Jackson. I should be starting. <laughs> that would be that'd be a worst case scenario. Yeah, it doesn't have to have to be telling that. all the young guys on the second team getting in their heads. Right. But he won't. No matter who it is, it won't have the same impact. No. No, it won't. Nor should someone try to come in and be Joe. Come in and be yourself. Sage advice. Thank you. And if it's snowing out there, drive carefully. Sure. (laughs) 
No, speed and wreck somebody. Well, then why do you people in television have to tell us every time? Don't we already know it? No, because there's always people out there speeding, sliding off the road, wrecking Well, people. then they're not going to listen because there's always there. Maybe one like did. Last night I had a th- your thing. The school district is going to do something. It's on Channel 2. I'm getting ready to bed. I'm going to bed. My wife is. They're doing something to try to end racism. <clears throat> You're never going to end racism. Well, they can't not do anything. <laughs> you got to try. But Right. Make it better for one but, person. And it has the little thing on the screen to end racism. I think I said, that's never going to happen. That's TV land where everybody gets along. So you're not going to have somebody who's going to come in and get along to this level. But is that your goal? You care about that. That's what I'm asking. How big of a deal is that? Because the second you sign off on Trading Joe, you're wrecking that. And it has nothing to do with the other guy. He could be Mike Conley-like, who's recognized as a great dude. But he doesn't have all this history. Yeah. I mean, Conley has history with the team now that he didn't have right. a year but, and a half but, ago. But we knew Mike Conley is as solid as they get. I love right. his, listening to him do interviews because he's, never he's always so level-headed. Never rattled. Yeah, yeah, I'm level-headed. I'm a bad guy. He's level-headed. He's the greatest. <laughs> you agree. Thank you. <laughs> You just keep living in your world, buddy. It's okay. working for you. All so right. what, how can I criticize that? But here, so you're gonna you're gonna dent that. How important is that? I don't know what the answer to that is. Can I put a quantifiable measurement on that? No, I don't think you can. It's real, but good luck. But is it overrated? It. Well, that would probably depend in every situation. Uh, you know, is it overrated here? Well, I don't, I don't know how you're rating it in the first place to say it's overrated. Well, they pump I mean, it up. It's like this, it's, it's one of the assets of the team. It is, and I, and I believe that. It is. Joe and talks about gets, it all the time, and he's, Joe is as real as they get. Yes, and I think— He's not going to talk about something when you're that's looking, bogus. When you're looking at the blender and how the ball moves, yeah, all that, all that stuff matters. You get someone, me, 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 well, then the ball stops. And he's not saying it— Exclusively when he potentially could be out the door. He was saying it when a few years back. Mm-hmm. So it means something to him, and he's there every day. The, the, and that's why when they said, oh, that thing was unsalvageable, he scoffed at it from day one and said it was BS. He called he, it out immediately. He, we, we spoke to him about that. Yeah. yeah. And he, he loved the fact we brought it up because he wanted to shoot it down. Because whatever tension there was, by the time we were addressing it publicly, well, it had been addressed internally prior to that. For sure. And so whatever it was, and I I I think there was legitimately something there, but by the time we were all talking about it and still taking it seriously, at that point it was water under the bridge. Yeah. Whatever had happened. A 23-year-old kid was miffed. Wow. Whatever had happened, had happened. That's news. Right. Get mad, don't stay mad. The younger they are, the more drama you tend to have. Uh, I think that in the final analysis... I'm not 100% sold on this. I think that they would be wise well, to try to improve the team, even if it's the at the expense of this kumbaya camaraderie stuff. Because we heard that with Derek Favors, and, oh, he was such a nice man, and blah, 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 yeah, blah. but his body And then down. I go out, yeah, but well. even when his body was going well, I criticized him to agree and was told to stick it. <laughs> yeah, that's true, you were. I was here for that. Yeah. Because I, I dared question the great Derek Favors. I didn't think he was good enough. Well, that debate raged inside the organization. 
that he wasn't good enough. He was too limited. He didn't provide the skill set they needed. Yeah. More three-point shooting. And I didn't think he floor. should be guaranteed minutes. And then the other argument was, well, Rudy got hurt and you only won a playoff series because you had him. And I think that debate went at the highest levels. Well, once he played, yeah, but at that point, he had, when I made that statement, he wasn't playing backup center. That was before then. Gobert hadn't developed. Two different scenarios no. there. So, sure, as a backup center at that point, he was pretty good. And then, obviously, his body continues to break down, and he's a mess below the waist, basically. All of his natural abilities that he brought to the floor were taken away from him. Yeah. He's playing old man basketball below the rim. Right. Where before, you know, he, he was could flying do high and dominating. Yeah, as a backup center, he was great. But, the, but, but that was before. I'm talking about but when it was fave and G. G time and fave. You remember those days? G time and fave. Well, I didn't think fave was a cornerstone. And G time wasn't either, for that matter. Uh, well, there were good times all they lasted. And then they were, mm-hmm. they were fine. Yeah. And then they moved on. Uh, but then when I made that statement, I didn't think that G t- or Faye was, uh, was a big foundation piece. I didn't think his skill level. And then he, and then he had the uh, situation where the game kind of passed him by. His body broke down and the game, game passed, passed him, him by. by. The because, game morphed. It evolved. Yeah, and that wasn't his skill set. But as a healthy backup center, sign me up for him every time. But nevertheless, they got rid of him. And I asked Kevin that, or to Kevin, um, Lindsey. At the locker clean-out thing, I asked him point blank, can you bring these guys back together? And he gave me some double talk when knowing darn well they weren't bringing them back, back together. together. <laughs> yeah, and you just didn't want to say it right then. <laughs> but yet it was a blow to the community and folks within the organization who really loved him because he was a nice, gentle man and all that. And that's so all, it, that's the all great. Answer, so but the, they still got rid of him so, and they got better. So the answer is if they make a trade, whether it's Joe or it's somebody else, you know, if it's Bogey or whatever, you know, who do you get back and how do they fit in? I mean, you can't really answer that. I, I think that camaraderie trust thing matters when the ball is moving in the blender. I think it matters when you're rotating on defense and picking up each other's guys and not worried about who scores. And then somebody who doesn't watch the game closely says, well, this guy lit up that guy for 28 points. Eh, no, he really didn't because that guy was rotating and helping on defense. And it's not that simple. I so just think, go to five guys at this point. I think that that whole trusting it sure it matters, <laughs> but if you get talent back and it's talent you need and it fills in a whole well, that but that then but do it. That, but that that's the answer. Then then there's no resolve not to do it. You must be resolved 100 percent to do it because you're not going to make a deal. Oh, we didn't get talent back. We didn't get a guy who fits in. If you're a a championship caliber team, which this team I believe is, then you're going to do that. You're not. You're not going to make a salary dump at this point. No, but you could make a bad deal. Yeah, but you, you don't think you're going to make a bad deal. Hundred no, percent. We're going to make a bad, bad deal. deal. Right. No, you're not sabotaging yourself. No, that's we second guess after the fact. Obviously, that's the right. definition of second guessing. But they're going to make the deal with the idea that we're better. We're better with this player. With these guys than we were with that player. We'll risk, with these guys, right. we risk the camaraderie and the trust, and we we build it when the new person or persons get here. Is it worth risking, or do you let it play out and see where it goes? And then his contract expires, and and you have the opportunity to consider, and you're not up against it. And then you let everything play out. 
You saw how Gay fit in in the postseason. You saw how Whiteside fit in in the postseason. You hopefully saw how a healthy Conley played in the postseason. Uh, Mitchell, I've got no worries about. He's a bona fide. I can count on him. I'd be shocked if he didn't play well. He seems to elevate at that point. Yeah. So he seems I, to get better. Yeah, I've got no no worries on, on where he's at and his mindset and all that stuff. He He knows what he wants and he knows how to go about it. And he's been following this league. He's an East Coast dude. He understands all the toughness that you need. So to me, that's not – I don't need to see another postseason out of him to say, yeah, okay – but you know, there's a mindset of well, Conley's been hurt, and if he's healthy, you know how does how does it work? How does it all work? Because there's so many big pieces to this puzzle. I'm I'm talking myself. I in the beginning of this segment, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now at the end of it, oh no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if what if the answer is there's a trade out there that can make you better, but. The Warriors are going to have the best team, and they're going to win the championship. Yeah, but you can't control them. You still have to make, to make this move over better. here, right? I mean, sure, they got they got a Hall of Famer coming back Sunday. They said, and man, they've yeah, Jordan, Jordan everybody Poole's will have to adjust to that, but everybody will have time to adjust to that. And they got Steph Curry well, yeah, playing I'm, at a phenomenal level. It's up to Peyton Jr. and uh, Poole to adjust to Thompson mm-hmm. and Kerr to figure it all out, and. You're right. So I don't expect the adjustment to be game one. Sorry, Poole. It's not going to be like uh, Pascal. Once Gay came back, Pascal, you're done. You go sit on the bench now. Thanks, but we don't need you anymore. We may need you down the line, but we don't need you right now. But the Warriors are going to have guys who are playing big minutes who are going to be playing some minutes. Right, but I don't think it's going to be as immediate. It may not be because Clay could come right. back with the minutes restriction. He could come back not playing back to back. It seemed like when Gay came back, Pascal was done yes. for the time being, but he knew that going in. And here, I don't think it's going to be that way. I don't think all of a sudden Poole is going to be playing 10 minutes. I think it's going to check back in right. March or April. But for now, I think there's going to be a gradual. But you can't control them. You still have to make your team as good as it can be. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, don't mess up the radio show, okay? Because I'm selfish. With Joe? Yeah. Obviously. All right, coming up, Andy Bailey's going to join us. We'll run all this by him. He covers the NBA for Bleacher Report and see what he thinks the Jazz could do, would do, should do, and where it can move them and how far it can move them in the West. Katie Wingy, Denver Nuggets host and analyst and reporter for Altitude Sports is going to join us at 930 to talk about the Jazz and the Nuggets tonight. She's coming up at 930. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. Denton Goodman, who DM'd me on Twitter, he said the Utes will go to, quote, a lot of Rose Bowls? That's hilarious. You sound like a homer. Outside of USC, what Pac-12 schools in history have gone to, quote, a lot of Rose Bowls? Washington? Yeah, Washington. Oregon's now seem to be doing pretty well. I mean, they don't go to a lot of Rose Bowls, but they'll be there pretty regularly. I put Oregon in the USC category. I don't know if Utah can do it on that frequent of basis, but yeah, why not? Like, I think Utah could very easily be it to a decade, which is a lot. That's once every five years. That's basically once a recruiting cycle. I think that's probably pretty reasonable for what this Utah football program is right now. I think they'll be back multiple times. How about that? Is that better than a bunch? Here's my take. Utah's going to go to a lot of Rose Bowls. I don't need to change that. Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 The Zone, powered by kslsports.com. JPK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's a Wednesday, which means it's a 
win tickets Wednesday. And right now, Caller 12 will win a family four-pack to see the Utah Grizzlies and the Idaho Steelheads at the Maverick Center on February, January, or excuse me, on Friday, January 14th. Great seats still available. Visit utahgrizzlies.com to get tickets or find out about upcoming games. Friday, January 14th, Grizzlies, Steelheads, Maverick Center, Caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Got more people weighing in this morning. What should the Jazz do? Here comes the trade deadline. On a Thursday in February, right, PK? Yeah, the 10th. Are you cool with trading Joe Ingles in an effort to improve defensively? Brian, I believe whatever management and coaches think will better the team is best, not what the fans think. Well, then we'll be quiet here, Brian, and we'll just see. Well, not what the fans think for sure, but I don't know that they know that it's a guarantee. Tony says, nope, we are a defensive player away from an NBA title. Said nobody ever in the history of time. Tony wants to outscore people on the way to the title. Yeah, but I think that the playoffs tend to be a somewhat of a different game, and you're going to need stops. You're going to need great defensive play. Jazz needed a bucket to pull, put the Bulls away in Game 6 and couldn't get it. And who knows what happens Game 7. You logically would think they win Game 7, but they don't. They don't get the bucket. They don't get the stop. Double whammy. Now, you know, Jordan was the guy, and I don't know if there's a Jordan in the game right now, so if it comes to that, I like your chances. Uh, but I, I do think you need to have to have some form of resistance on the defensive end. Uh, Make sure that other guy shoots uh, 50% instead of 55 That star player, you well, have a problem corralling. contest shots. I mean, I, it's I, hard to contest shots if you have if you can't stay in front of people. Right, they're constantly right, right. breaking you down. Yeah, exactly, precisely. Everything gets out of whack. So, can you get a, another guy? Add one more guy who can stay in front of his man when he's on the ball, and that leads to all sorts of problems. It's never that simple because if he can, then they're going to run screens, pick and roll stuff, and they'll yeah. try to put you in a scramble. That and way. go read the Ringer article. They break it down and they have video embedded into the piece. And you can see the what they're read, what they're writing, and then they illustrate it too. So, so they it's say a, a guy gets beat, and then that what that does to Gobert, and you can actually see the Jazz defenders getting dragged around the court. Yes, and there the, was one the at the, the top of the key uh, on the Jazz side, and the dude just goes right around. The, I think it was Clarkson. I'm not sure. And then they do another thing where they do, and on the other side. Of the, the floor on the visitor, there's a Warriors bench. They do a high pick and roll, and guys standing around. And uh, I think it was Curry with a bounce pass to a cutter, and it's a dunk. And you're asking Gobert to be all over the place, and he can't. And then somehow yeah. he becomes the whipping boy if Terrence Mann goes off. Well, if you're the defender who's closest to the guy who makes the shot, you're going to get blamed by 80% of the people. Now, the coach and the GM may know better. It's all sorts of rotations. I mean, Majerus right. was just an expert on team defense. 
I mean, I learned so much from him talking about team defense after practice on the phone late at night. He would talk about it, and then I would have a reference point, so then I'd go to the game, and then I'd watch it, thinking, oh, that's what he was talking about. And to be able to get five guys in concert defensively, was a thing of beauty. It wasn't necessarily a thing of beauty to the, aesthetically because he would then tend to grind on the other end offensively and he would but, complain about himself how he said guys have bench eye because they know I'm over there ready to yell at them. <laughs> I mean, he would tell me that. Yeah. But on the defensive end, man, they had guys to be able to do what they could. And you get a kid like a Drew Hansen, I'm going way back now on a smaller scale, and Drew talked about this himself. He was on that Final Four team saying that he probably couldn't have that role with any other team in the country. But he was 6'5", he had agility, he had decent enough arms, he's got size and, and a good enough quickness that he was a vital part of that team. And so if the Jazz can get that, you know, maybe they advance because Terrence Mann or whomever isn't going off. I don't know what happens in the next round. But maybe they maybe they do advance. Maybe they don't beat Phoenix. I don't know. We'll never know. I wish I would have found out. Would have been fun. It would have been the uh, you know the Kinahan Civil War. Me rooting for the Jazz, the fam down there rooting for the Suns. We wouldn't have been on speaking terms for two weeks. Been there, done that. <laughs> oh, actually, years. But that's another story. <laughs> maybe it would have been new with your sisters. <laughs> yeah, that's never been the case. Uh, yeah, the one who's a sports fan is. Definitely. Although she did check out a little bit on the Suns and because uh, they sucked for so long. But, yeah, but a decade, I can excuse that. Yeah, and you got to stick with them through the rebuild. If they need three years to rebuild, if a team needs that, oh yeah, well, you got to roll with that. You're nine. But if you're How, a why decade is anybody, in, <laughs> why is anybody a Sacramento Kings fan? Is beyond me. You know, only Just team in town. On and, and on and they, on. Yeah, they sell, still they so sell what? tickets. They sell a lot of tickets there because the state government and lobbyists need to entertain people. Yeah, well, and so it's not that's real the, that, fandom. They're not fans. I know, I know. But when you wonder I didn't why, ask there's, why they could sell tickets, right. I ask why would you? When be you a wonder fan? why there's so many butts and seats, it's not necessarily because they're fans. I don't wonder that. They're not. I fans. wonder how a Sacramento resident can be a Sacramento fan. I get the corporate nature of pro sports. Yeah. I don't. I'm not wondering it's that. It's the it's the only team in town. They don't even have major college sports there. And people go. It's a little Clippers too. People go to watch opposing teams, so it's it's hard. You're right. It's hard to be a Kings fan. I'll give you two or four time. years to rebuild. That's natural. DJ and PK. It's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone. Andrew Reinhardt joining us right now. Wasatch Medical Clinic, and he's got a breakthrough treatment. and And Andrew, you got clinical studies backing it up. We certainly do. I think ten years ago, this technology for ED was kind of a theory. It might work. And over the last 10 years, we've seen clinical study after clinical study uh, from major outfits like Cambridge, the Cleveland Clinic, some of the biggest hospitals in America. Uh, I am yet to read anything really negative. They say this improves blood flow. It treats the root cause problem of ED. There are no side effects. It's a great alternative if a man doesn't want to take the pill. And it's going to the root of the problem. So a lot of guys are finding relief. If you want more blood flow in the bedroom, you may not even have ED. But if you just want more blood flow, this treatment has helped a lot of guys just like you. So you've got all these uh, clinical studies, but you've also got word of mouth. You're talking to patients and they're getting back to you with how long does it take to get results? How do you feel? How are things going? And so you've heard a lot from people locally. We have. They tell us it's so much easier than they thought. Um, When we think about this part of the body, we kind of cringe. Oh, it's going to be painful and horrible. 
A treatment is 10 minutes. It's done on top of the skin. You might come in a few times, no recovery time, no pain, uh, just more blood flow. And then the end result, I believe, is the relationship improves. When we get the ED fixed, it has this far-reaching ripple effect on life. And you got a special deal. Some people might be wondering if they can afford it, but you're going to help them out. Yes. If you're ready to regain uh, the spark or improve the frequency in the bedroom, give us a call. The exam, assessment, and blood flow ultrasound with the MD is free. And by the way, you don't have to take treatments. You can just come in and get analyzed and test the strength of your blood vessels. Also, this part's pretty cool. Blood work and testosterone, that's free today as well. You can call right now, 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic, 801-901-8000. Call Andrew right now at 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you.